Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Tonight's going to be a, a little bit different. We've got a few things that are, uh, we're going to do tonight, and then we've got a business meeting that will take place at the end, so we're kind of abbreviating a few things, but I do want to go to the Word of the Lord uh, real quick. We're going to go back into a time of worship in just a couple of minutes, but if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. We're going to go to the first chapter of the book of Ezekiel. I'll let you be seated in just a second, but we're going to read read a couple of verses here. This Old Testament book of Ezekiel, chapter 1, verse 28, if you've got it, excuse me, 26, if you got it, say amen. If you're planning to read off the screen, say Amen. <laughs> All right, I could be reading from Harry Potter tonight, but uh, we're not doing that. Ezekiel 1, 26 says, And above the firmament, over their heads. Let me just kind of let you know what's going on here. Ezekiel's seeing a vision. God is showing him some things. And here's what he's communicating about what he's seeing Over their heads was the likeness of a throne. In appearance, like a sapphire stone, on the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. Also, from the appearance of his waist and upward, I saw, as it were, the the color of amber with the appearance of fire all around and within it. And from the appearance of his waist downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around. Verse 28, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. I want to talk to you for a few minutes, just in a little devotion tonight, the likeness of his glory, the likeness of his glory. Would you pray with me right now, and let's open our hearts to the word of the Lord. God, we welcome you here tonight in this place. We didn't just come, Lord, to to take up time, but we've come, Lord, to pursue you We've come to meet with you, Lord. We've come to worship you. We've come to hear your word, Lord, and to be changed by your word. And I pray, God, for the for the heart of the hearer tonight, Lord, that our, our spiritual ears would be open, that we might hear and receive and be impacted by your word tonight. We pray that. We want that tonight. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. Living here in North Texas like we do, that means that we have our fair share of thunderstorms. As a matter of fact, just a week ago, 
tomorrow we had a big one blow through, didn't we? And there was some anxiety and there was some nervousness and there were some measures that were taken to be safe. And thankfully, other than some power outages, we all seem to have survived and fared well in the midst of that storm. To God be the glory. That being said, one of the, one of the beauties of a storm is what comes after the storm. That's a rainbow. After the rain comes the bow in the sky. And of course, we know that rainbows aren't accidental, but rainbows are promised. They're a promise. They're not just promise. They're, they're really, it's about a covenant that God made with humanity, a covenant between God and man, because it was after the Lord destroyed the earth with a great flood in the wicked days of Noah that the Lord declared this in Genesis 9 and 15, and I will, God said, I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The waters, talking about the flood waters, shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Verse 16, here's what it says. The rainbow, here's the sign of the covenant. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Listen, before I proceed and kind of get to to the meat of what I want to say today, let me just say this, that the rainbow is a sign of promise. It's not a sign of pride. It's a sign of a promise. The rainbow is given by God, and unfortunately it has been co-opted to represent something that is displeasing to God. But it was intended to be a symbol of beauty. It was intended to be a symbol of promise. It was intended to be a symbol of God's covenant with mankind. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to discard the rainbow. I'm still thankful for rainbows. How about you? Amen. So in our, in our text, the prophet Ezekiel, he was seeing a vision. And in that vision, he said that he saw something. And I want you to pay attention in, in, that, in that text. He said, I saw something that was like a rainbow. I saw something that was similar in appearance to a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. But I want you to notice that Ezekiel did not say that he saw a rainbow. He said, I saw something that appeared to be like a rainbow. I saw something similar to a rainbow. As a matter of fact, that verbiage, if you were paying attention when we were reading those three verses just a minute ago, that verbiage is repeated over and over through those three three verses. He didn't say that he saw a throne, did he? He said, I saw the likeness of a throne. He didn't say that he saw fire. He said, I saw the appearance of fire. I saw something like fire. He didn't say that he saw a man. Instead, he said that he saw a likeness with the appearance of a man. And then Ezekiel summed it up. In Ezekiel 1.28, he summed it up there at the end of that verse by saying this. This was the appearance of of the likeness of the glory of God. I want you to make no mistake about this tonight. He didn't see the glory of God. 
he saw something like the glory of God. And not even like the glory of God, he says it was the appearance of something that was like the glory of the Lord. Listen, I'm not going to be much longer, but I want you to catch the significance of what I'm talking to you about tonight. Here in the first chapter of the book of Ezekiel, this great prophet was given a vision. He was given a view. He was given a sneak peek, if you will, into the glory of God. Yet when he saw it, he could only speak of it in phrases like the likeness of it. When he was trying to describe it, when he was trying to pass it on to someone else about what he beheld and what he saw, all he could say was it had the appearance of this. It was like that. He could only talk about what the glory of God resembled. And the reason is because no matter how hard he tried, it was just absolutely impossible for him to describe it. And because of that, he could only attempt to speak about what the appearance would be like. He could only attempt to describe what he beheld in his vision. So tonight, church, in a similar manner, in one of Daniel's, in Daniel's vision, in Daniel chapter 10, here's what it says there. Suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips, the likeness. The fourth man in the fire that was there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what did King Nebuchadnezzar say? He said he's like the Son of God. Can I tell you this evening that those very limitations exist for us as well when it comes to understanding all there is to know about God? You see, no matter what words we try to string together, no matter how vast our vocabulary is, no matter how much we pursue understanding and learning, the God that we serve is still beyond any ability we have to describe. He is still so far beyond any attempt that we can make in grasping or understanding his greatness. I want you to know tonight that no word can contain him. And no song can encapsulate him. The highest praise won't do it. The deepest thought won't do it. The most sophisticated theology isn't able to do it. None of these things within our grips and within our grasp even begin to approach the likeness of the true appearance of the glory of God. I want you to know tonight that our, our, our attempts and, and our ventures can't even begin to scratch the surface of the incredible glory of God. Listen, let me, let me say it like this. If Ezekiel, who actually was shown visions of the glory of God, if Ezekiel couldn't even describe it, much less comprehend what he was seeing, then how can we? Scripture tells us that the world could not contain the books that would be written about Jesus if they were all to be written. The, the, the whole world is not big enough to contain. Listen, we, 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 we can't even begin to comprehend God. Listen, if you think you can, then you hadn't tried it lately. We can't even begin to fathom the vastness of our God. We can't even begin to, to comprehend the depths of our God. 
Bible says if all the books that could be written were written about him, the world is not even a big enough library. A library the size of the entire earth still is not big enough. Oh, I'm thankful for the picture that the Bible tries to paint for us, that his glory is greater than we can imagine. His greatness is so, so far beyond anything that we can even begin to comprehend. But listen, I'm not telling you this tonight to discourage you. I don't tell you this tonight to pursuit, to stop or halt your pursuit of the glory of God. On the contrary, listen, all I'm trying to do for just a couple minutes, and we're getting ready to worship the Lord again, but all I'm trying to do is just to whet your spiritual appetite because we've got a God who is more than we think that he is. We've got a God who is exceeding and abundant beyond anything we can ask, anything we can imagine. Praise God. So here, here's what I want you to know tonight. That means that no matter where you are in your relationship with God, there's always more. There's always more. Come on, you might have been living for him for a couple years now, but I want you to know you've not scratched the surface. There's more. You might have been living for the Lord for 40 years, but I want you to know tonight that there is more. There's more of God. There's more of his vastness. There's more of his goodness. There's more of his grace. There's more of his mercy. There's more of his glory. Hallelujah. There's more. There's more for you to discover. There's more for us to realize. So can I just encourage somebody here tonight, don't stop seeking the face of God. Can I just encourage someone, don't stop growing. You're not going to get to the end of God. You're never going to reach a stop sign in your relationship with him where he says, stop, you can't go any further. So don't stop seeking, don't stop growing, don't stop learning. Never stop drawing nearer and nearer and closer and closer to the Lord. Instead, draw near to him with an open heart and he will meet you. He will meet you beyond simply the appearance. Beyond simply the likeness of his glory. He wants to be known. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to be known. Here's what I know tonight. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 4 and 6. He said, he talked about seeing the glory of God in the face of Jesus. What what an incredible thing that had to be to to be one of the eyewitnesses who, who, who were able to lay their eyes upon God in the flesh. Paul said, I'll see the glory of God in the face of Jesus. John said it like this, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was was with God, and the Word was God. Then in verse 14, we beheld the glory, the glory of God as of the only begotten of the Father. When you see Him, when you see Him, you see His glory. So listen, I I want you just to say this one more time tonight. Whatever you know of God, there's more. There's more. He's beyond where you are. He's beyond what you understand. He's beyond what you comprehend. He's beyond what you have experienced up to this point. 
So I'm asking us to stand right now, and I just want us to seek the Lord together for a few minutes. If you want to step out of where you're sitting, you want to get out in the aisle, or you want to come down front, we're going to worship. But I just, I just want us as a church family to seek the face of the Lord together. In Philippians 3 and 10, the apostle Paul declared his desire when he said this. He said, that I may know him. This wasn't at the beginning of Paul's relationship with the Lord. He's down the road a little bit. But the apostle Paul still has a desire. There's more. There's more. And I want it if there's more available to me. If I can walk closer with him. If I can be more aligned with him. Then I still have a desire to know more of God. Come on, is that how you feel tonight? Could you say like the apostle Paul? Oh, I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you. I want to behold you. I want to see you for myself. I don't want to just take somebody else's word for it. I don't want to just rely on somebody else's experience. But I need you. And I want to know you. Come on, do you want to know him in the power of his resurrection? Come on, are you willing to take up your cross and follow him? Even though that means sometimes that following him involves suffering. Do you want to know him? 1 Corinthians 13 and 12 tells us, for now we see through a glass and we see through that glass darkly, but there's coming a day we're going to see him face to face. We're going to behold. We're going to see him in all of his wonder. We're going to see him in his exceeding greatness. We're going to see him as he is. We're going to see him face to face. Listen, church, Moses in the Old Testament, he prayed, God, show me your glory. You know what the response was? Maybe you remember it. He said, I can't show you my glory because if I show you my glory, you're going to die. No man can see the glory of God and live. But you know what? That response didn't keep Moses from inquiring. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. And God responded to that. He didn't show him all of his glory, but the Bible says he put him in the cleft of the rock and he covered him. And then as he was passing by, he allowed Moses to see something that Moses had never seen before. So if you've got a desire tonight, if you just begin to seek the Lord tonight, God will show you something. He'll take you places. He'll take you deeper than you've ever been before. Come on, Moses. Do you want to see the glory of God? Just begin to call on him right now. Just begin to seek him right now. Just invite the Lord to reveal himself to you in the way that he desires to tonight. Come on, there are some of you tonight that need to get your eyes open because you're seeing too much of your problems. There are some of you tonight who need a greater revelation, greater revelation of our God because you're overwhelmed with the cares of life right now. And the only antidote to that is recognizing how great our God is, how incredible our God is, the vastness of our God. But even though He is beyond comprehension the Bible says what is man what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him I want you to know tonight it's God's delight to visit you it's God's delight to reveal himself to you and if you will draw near to him he will draw near to you wonder if you could put your hands in the air right now and just begin to call 
Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, TLCDallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.